This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A swing and a high fly ball. Deep right field. It's a slam. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron. How about the old Uncle Charlie here? The pitch, swing and a miss, through the fastball right by him, and he strikes him out for the third time. And that's eight Ks for the Cardinal Hurts. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Merry Christmas. Welcome to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amron, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne with you on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Ben Boyd, our executive producer, Zach Schmidt, Mike Anderson, helping out tonight as well. Merry Christmas, Claves. Same to you. We survived the winter meetings, and uh, you were able to bring back some good players, and here we are again, still waiting on a few more things to happen as we go into the holiday season, and I think at some point... While it may not be on Christmas, we'll probably have some other gifts under our tree. Still waiting for Mo and Gersh to use your creative trade proposal and Mo told some of the structuring. Me, he told me he didn't out. think that would fly these days, but it was a good idea. It was a great idea. Yeah. Mel Anton. I think he it. ought to try it anyway just to see if somebody says you can't do it. Well, who knows? Some wheeling and dealing still happening around baseball. Cardinals, of course, acquiring Marcel Ozuna last week, officially after our show. Also sending Stephen Piscotti to the Oakland Athletics. Stephen will be with us a little bit later in the program. Evan Longoria, one player that had been linked to the Cardinals, is headed to San Francisco. So we'll talk about that as well. Kyle McClellan is going to be in studio with us this entire first hour. We'll also hear from Mike Matheny. Keith Costas and Joe Strom talking some tickets. So a busy show as we've got a lot to recap. You know, last week, Mike, some of this stuff that we talked about wasn't exactly finalized, but I think a lot of fans now excited about the way, at least on paper right now, the Cardinals outfield is lining up. I think people feel better about the team this week than they did before the winter meetings. And with everything still on the table, uh, you, you get the feeling that the Cardinals aren't done improving this ball club. But it also says a lot about something you and I talk about during the season with regard to the assets that they were able to to use in order to get what they needed, and they still have assets. And I think they're at a crossroads on how much more of an investment are they going to make with the assets that they have in the organization and the ones they're willing to part with in order to make the organization better. Well, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We'll do it with Kyle McClellan coming up beginning in our next segment. He's going to be live in studio all this hour. Stuff their stockings with Cardinals 5, 6, and 10 game ticket packs. Packs feature the top promotions of 2018 and are on sale now starting at just $48. Choose from the opening day pack, Cubs pack, bobblehead pack, t-shirt pack, and more. For more info, visit cardinals.com slash Holiday. All right, we're off to the races, just getting started on this edition of the program. Chris Raby, Mike Claiborne with you, Ben Boyd, Zach Schmidt, Mike Anderson, all helping out tonight. And the great Kyle McClellan joins us next when we come back. Smile when you say great. To opening day, the <laughs> great Kyle McClellan joins us next. We're presented by Ameren, and we're back after this in the Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren on Gangam OX. 
Welcome back. Chris Randy, Mike Claiborne with you. Cardinals countdown to opening day. Merry Christmas to everyone. And it's a pleasure to welcome Kyle McClellan to the program in studio. We're brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car to Goodwill for four free Cardinals tickets. Kyle, welcome in, man. Thanks for uh, joining us in studio. Absolutely. Good to be here. Well, how did you spend your off seasons as a player? Um, because And the reason why I asked the question your body changed over the course of time, so I'm sure you were doing things differently near the end of your career. Well, it just all depends on really your standing. You know, a young player, you really got to make sure that you're you're still going and that you're game ready by the time you get there. As you have a little bit more time in, you can kind of put it off a little bit and you want to kind of hit your stride after a few weeks of, of spring training. So it all kind of depends on your standing on the team, if you have a spot on the team or if you're fighting for a spot. But for me, I would always take, I would always say two weeks off. I would, I wouldn't lift, I wouldn't run, I wouldn't do anything. And about after a week, I'd be like, okay, I gotta, I gotta start doing something. Mm-hmm. Get back in the gym and really start uh, putting on as, as much strength as you can until the first of the year. But I was a big, I'm a big hunter, so I would go out, and that was my kind of release where I could go out there, spend some time in the outdoors, and do that, and just try to soak up as much family time. The one thing I didn't do is travel. My wife, you know, at the end of the season, she's like, well, let's, let's travel. I'm like, no, 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 I just, I just get to put the suitcase up. Exactly. Finally, the last thing I want to do is travel. I just want to sit on the couch. I want to be at home. And so it took us a little while to figure out what those off-seasons look like. You don't want to go back to Cincinnati for a weekend <laughs> no. in December? You know, no. it, it's different today, guys, with social media. And we'll hear from Stephen Piscotty uh, in our next hour, who basically said, he's not on Twitter, but his buddies were, like, sending him screenshots of every single rumor. And I wonder, Kyle, whether you – Know your spot in the team, whether you're going through arbitration, um, if you're a free agent, if you just want to see what your team is going to look like over the next year, what's it like around this time when rumors are flying, fans are chomping at the bit for any information? Well, I think it, it's changed a lot since since I was done. I mean, my last year was 2013, and it, it has changed a ton since then just with the, the social media thing. I know one year I got a call from John Abamante, the assistant GM, and he was at the winter meetings, and my heart dropped uh, when I saw that that call come in. And uh, he he I answered, and he acted like nothing was going on. I said, "Abs, you know, you're calling me from the winter meetings." Mm-hmm. My first reaction was I right. got traded, and he started laughing. He goes, "No, I didn't think about that when I when I called you, but it had something to do with with I don't even know what it was, but it wasn't about you being traded." The hunting schedule with you, <laughs> right. that's, that's what it was. But it's um, you know, look, you pay attention to it. You as a as a player. I think you follow those rumors because you, you want to know what, what's going on. And every player is different. Some do, some don't. But I always wanted to know what, what was going to be happening, what our team was going to look like. And, and obviously you hope you're a part of that team. But uh, social media, I think, has really, really changed uh, the off seasons and just the way that, that people receive information. And some guys handle it better than others. Yeah. I, mm. I, well, when I played, I didn't have social media on purpose. I, I didn't want I, – I just didn't want that distraction. I didn't I, – I really had to put myself in a bubble. And I felt like that was the best thing for me to succeed and not just be distracted by other things. And I think it's different now. I think with individual promoting themselves and and all these players, I feel like they're all creating their own brand. And I feel like that's driven by agents. I feel like that's driven by sponsors and and the teams get behind that. And uh, I think it's created a little bit of of some separation in, in terms of the team idea because you have a lot of guys out there trying to boost their following and do this, that, and the other and elevate their platform. Which is good if it gets used for the right thing, but it could be bad also if you have guys that don't handle it the right way. But it's not just them. It's Major League Baseball, right? We have. Yes. We, we were just at the winter meetings. MLB Network has multiple TV sets, 
and they're doing entire shows based on rumors. We were sitting yeah. with John Mozeliak Klebs in his suite when the Ozuna deal was not finalized, and he said, well, I can't talk in specifics. And across the ticker on the bottom of MLB Network said, Cardinals acquire Marcelo Zuna. And Mo said, well, hard to argue with that. So Major League Baseball. That's a good Mo, by the way. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So Major League Baseball is using rumors. Major League Baseball is using the hot stove. Major League well, Baseball it, is using social media. To, it creates excitement. It does, yeah. And, yeah. and fans want yeah, it now, absolutely. now, now. For sure. And and I think that's where it can be dangerous is somebody gets on there and puts something on that, that's not legit and that you have to respect the writers and reporters that do it correctly and that wait until they, they do have it validated. But, I mean, I follow... We've talked a lot about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I follow MLB trade rumors and you'll see, you know, like Matt Adams is, is entering serious discussions with the Nationals. Well, it's usually not about five or ten minutes later, then it pops up that that they've officially signed with that team. So the information that some of these guys get is legit and good. You just got to make sure you follow the right ones. But uh, but it is. It, it's driven by the fans <laughs> wanting information and, and wanting it right now. Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne with you. It's Cardinals Countdown to opening day. Kyle McClellan is our guest in studio. We're going to talk a lot about the acquisitions over the next couple of segments. Marcelo Zuna, of course, uh, some pitching acquisitions by the Cardinals. Also, Stephen Piscotty on the way out. But, Kyle, certainly I'm wondering from your vantage point, as a Cardinals alum and now someone who works with us on the Cardinals radio network and works with the organization, this is a different offseason. The fact that the club is missed the postseason two years in a row, and um, at least I think fans are, are starting to feel a little anxious. The, the club would never tell you that. The front office would never tell no, you that. But no. fans are starting to feel a little anxious, and unfortunately we've seen it a little bit the last couple of years with, with attendance the last couple of series of the season. Well, look, fans here in St. Louis aren't used to not making the postseason, and, and especially in the stretch that the Cardinals have had. You miss it for one year, you get right back in the next year, and then you go on this run where you're in the World Series back-to-back years and NLCS the next year and another World Series appearance a couple of years after that. Uh, that doesn't sit well when you don't make it, especially it makes it worse when that team north of here wins one, <laughs> wins a World Series one of those times. And so that that always, I think, adds to the, the anxiety of fans and, and them wanting more and more. Look, I've never most. You have to give John Mosellock a lot of credit in terms of the fact that he is very outspoken, and he will come out and he'll tell you at, at these season uh, ticket holder events that that we have. That we've I've been to a lot of them. I know you've been to a lot of them. He's pretty straightforward. Look, we have to get better here. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. He 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 will come out and tell you what he's looking to do. And this off season or going into this off season. You heard him say, we are going to make changes. We are going to be in on some of the big players, and they have. Every big trade target or free agent the Cardinals have been linked to. I, I really I agree with you. I tip my cap to John in being proactive um, with this offseason, but also understanding, as you mentioned, the, this generation of fans are not used to watching postseason on TV. Mm-hmm. And while he may not admit he feels the pressure, I think he understands the responsibility of being one of the stewards of the organization to make sure there's a competitive team on the field. And if it's not, you have to make an adjustment. No matter how much you like a guy or how much you think he can be better, if you can use that person to make your ball club better in some other capacity, then so be it. Well, and I think if you look at the fans one thing, the general manager another thing, the players not ownership, they don't like not being in the playoffs for two years in a row. I don't like <laughs> the, it either. The, yeah. the DeWitts have a great understanding of of what this team is and, and what their expectation is, and it's to be in the postseason. And they will put 
their their wallet behind it. They will go out there and bring in these big free agents. They will. Uh, they did that with Matt Holiday when they brought him in and, and paid, and and they will give away some of their prospects to bring in a proven guy like they have in, in Ozuna. Well, we'll talk about Marcelo Ozuna and some of the acquisitions when we come back. You can meet some of the new Cardinals at the Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up. It's going to be held Saturday, January 13th through Monday, January 15th. Give the gift of Cardinals baseball this holiday season with winter warm-up admission tickets and autograph tickets. You can meet Kyle McClellan. Go to cardinals.com slash WWU. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Kyle McClellan joining us in studio, Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne with you. And we're back right after this on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. We're back. Chris Ramby and Mike Claiborne joined by Kyle McClellan in studio. Merry Christmas. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amarin Benvoid, our executive producer, Zach Schmidt, Mike Anderson, helping us out as well. Guys, want to talk about Marcelo Zuna, acquired officially uh, just after our show last week. Sandy Alcantara, Magnera Sierra, and a couple of other prospects going back to Miami, Zach Gallen and Daniel Castano. Um, you know, I think that Claves, you made a really interesting point about John Mozeliak being proactive. And I think one of the challenges of this offseason, Kyle, as you said about uh, the fact that he was going to identify their weaknesses, go out and attack them, he was not only proactive, guys. We talked about social media, MLB Network. He was proactive on a national stage. And the Marlins didn't do the Cardinals or Giants or John Carlos Stanton any favors. <laughs> Teams around baseball and fans around baseball knew that the Cardinals had a deal in place with the Marlins for Stanton. They knew that the Cardinals met with Stanton and his representatives in Southern California. And when Stanton turned them down, the Cardinals were able to pivot and within a couple of days make a deal for a guy who a lot of folks we talk to nationally, Klaibs, uh, says may end up being a better deal for the Cardinals right now and in the long run in Marcelo Zuna. One of the guys we watch in spring training every year because Ozuna was with Miami, and each year, I look forward to seeing how much more improved he was. And every year, he didn't disappoint me. And with his youth and just his overall skill set, I just think he's got better years in front of him. Obviously, you take the injury bug out of the out of play. I don't know what he doesn't do poorly at this stage of his career. Kyle, yeah. I mean, not only that, but he doesn't come with a right. 10-year, $300 million commitment. So you have a chance. And, and if you did a blind resume – Outside of the eye-popping home runs, but especially durability and number of games played, Ozuna checks every box, if not more boxes, than Stanton. Yeah, I think it's it's the piece they needed. It's one of the pieces that they needed. I think it's a central piece that they needed to add. And and look, I, I we said it a lot last year in the interviews that we did throughout the course of the year that they're lacking that superstar. They have a lot of the, the role players and the complementary players, but they're just missing that. I think when Matt Holiday left, in, and even though it was towards the end of his career, that name, it's just what it does in the middle of a lineup when, when starting pitchers go through the lineup and they see that name, it's a threat. And I think the Cardinals had a lot of really good players, but they didn't have that threat. And I think now they have that. And, and it doesn't come with a 10-year commitment, like you said. I mean, that look, Stanton would have looked great in the Cardinal uniform. He would look really good in that lineup. But the last three years of that contract could be, or even more, could be devastating to an organization. So you don't have that risk. Yes, you would like to have Azuno for more than two years if possible, but you take what you can get. You give up some prospects, and now you have them for the next two years. Here are some numbers for you guys. The Cardinals' new outfield, 
Ozuna in left, Pham in center, Fowler in right. That's how Mo told us it'll line up. Their ranks last year in terms of National League outfielders. On base percentage, Pham second, Ozuna fifth, Fowler ninth. Slugging percentage, Ozuna fifth, Pham sixth, Fowler ninth. OPS, Pham fifth, Ozuna sixth, Fowler eighth. Walk percentage, Pham third, Fowler fourth, Ozuna 15th. I mean, I can go on and on with these numbers. Defensively, you've gotten better as well because you had a gold glover to left field. You move Tommy Pham to center. Dexter Fowler now, in terms of range, probably one of the best right fielders in Major League Baseball. Just from an outfield perspective, you have to be thrilled in all the areas you've gotten better. I don't think there's any question that this team is much better. Um, And one of the things that I feel is even more important defensively this might be as good of an outfield the Cardinals have had in a long, long time. Especially with potentially some young pitching. Yeah. I mean, and when you got young pitching, Kyle, you know how important it is when you know you've got some guys that can track balls that you make a mistake on. And I just find it hard to fathom a lot of balls getting to the wall that get to the gap, unless you really hit it on the screws. Yeah, and that's the big thing. Look, if you can limit those balls that are in the gap, if you can save a base, if you can keep them to singles or keep them to doubles as opposed to triples, that's obviously going to make a big difference. The other part of it, and I think they're they're still looking for upgrades in the infield, you got to be able to field the ground balls, too. Yes. And we, we saw a lot of problems with that, more so infield defense last year was a bigger problem for this team than the outfield but i think uh, that'll be straightened out with mr okendo being on the property i think it's certainly going to help and i wouldn't be surprised if they go out and make a move for an infielder here before it's said and done but but i think that that overall this team is better to have that defensive outfield is good offensively I, i think when you look at this team last year as well you were craving more offense constantly during throughout the season and i think now you have a better dose of offense you have better defense in the outfield and i I still feel like there's some some areas that need to be addressed before spring training starts if you want to chime in you can you can text us at 314-436-7900 314-436-7900 i know so often uh, and especially guys last year in spring training we used the word fun right we talked about personality it's maybe a little bit magnified because of the Cubs and Joe Madden and what you have in the division. But, again, from everyone we talked to, Claves, we know Ozuna is close with Carlos Martinez. We know he's close with Yadier Molina. And everyone that we talked to said the fans in St. Louis are going to love this guy. He has an infectious personality. He's great to be around. I know when you're winning, it's great. But he hasn't been winning that much, so I can't wait to see him in a potential winning situation, and how his personality fits in. You know, we've heard that a lot in the last couple of years. Uh, I'm a believer that the most fun anybody can have is when you're winning. <laughs> and, you know, you can be the, the team funny man and all that, but when you've lost five out of six and you're losing uh, at an unacceptable pace, it's not fun. And if you're still having fun, then we got a bigger problem, <laughs> right. okay? So I, I think in this situation um, – it's important to get off on the right start. Uh, it's important to get guys last year. No, involved. You know, Fowler got off to a terrible start, and he was scuffling until after the All-Star break. And I really thought it had an impact on him. And once he had the injuries, it opened up a can of worms where all of a sudden we look around and we say, hey, Tommy Pham's our best center fielder. And our that, best player. Yeah, you're right. And this was the guy who wasn't on the opening. He didn't jump he out didn't of the truck well, on he, opening day. He didn't day. have a good spring yeah. training. Exactly. And, and you know what? You're right. He didn't deserve to be here on opening day. Uh, Jose Martinez well, won that yeah. job fair and square. Yeah. 
And to his credit, he remained consistent throughout the season where mm-hmm. he's been working on his game in, in, in Venezuela and in, in, in the Caribbean. I'm anxious to see him come back more than anything else. I don't know how much winter ball he's played, but I would hope somebody's got a, a look at him to see just where he fits in the equation he's as far the as the roster. Wanted. Well, he they was, can't have him. He was, unless, well, no, yeah. but I'm saying in the Stanton deal, he was yeah. the guy that they said they wanted. Um, I, I just think that there's some guys, and you said something earlier, Kyle, about the infield. You didn't single out one person because I think there's a lot of interchangeable parts with Carpenter's flexibility. We know Martinez can play a little bit. Dignon can play short and third. Mm-hmm. So you've got some, some real legitimate options on what you do defensively. I would like to see a consistent lineup. I would. I, I agree. I would like to see a consistent lineup offensively and defensively. I, look, I know they're going to move Matt Carpenter around. I, I don't prefer that. I, I wish you could say Matt Carpenter come in and you're going to be a first baseman, you're going to be a second baseman, third baseman, whatever it is. Practice it. Be really good at because you could see he was uncomfortable out there at certain Second times. Second base for sure. He wasn't in the right yeah. place on cutoffs at first. There was defensive lapses that he had that I think is because he is doing so many different things. And yeah. It's hard for him to be very good. At and I think his defense struggled from that. Well, we watched Ben Zobras do it in Chicago, and he had reasonable success. But I'm sure if you ask him, would you prefer one? He would say, "Yeah, I'd like one position." Absolutely. Well, and we saw him have some defensive lapses, especially in the outfield, mm-hmm. and playing at Wrigley too. I can't True. imagine moving around every single. Yeah. Day. You wonder too, though, if part of the benefit of more pieces is that Jed Jerko doesn't need to be an everyday player. Well, I think he'd like to see his workload mirror 2016 a little bit more than than 17. Well, we've seen the best of Jed Jerko for a second half in 16. We saw the best of Jed Jerko in the first half of 17. He's yet to put that complete season together. So I'll ask both of you guys, is he better served coming off the bench, spot starting, and doing things where maybe he's at three to 400 at-bats? Well, let's chew on that, and we'll talk about that, some of the other moves that they've made as well. In our next segment, we'll get some texts at 314-436-7900. Let's give away some tickets, though. Two pairs of the T-shirt packs. Those are six games. It's new for 2018, and it features great matchups against the Royals, Nationals, Dodgers, and more. All games part of the new T-shirt of the month promotional giveaway. Get yours at cardinals.com slash holiday. We will take the fifth caller right now for a T-shirt pack at 314 314- Five three one eleven twenty. We're back after this. Kyle McClellan with Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. If you're trading away two or three prospects that have a combined 18 years of control for one, that just doesn't sit well with me. So, I, you know, I, I think for us, it's it's all about trying to find that right balance between what works for us and what we're willing to give up. But, you know, we're in this for the long haul. We're going to continue to invest in our pipeline. We want a strong farm system, and that's how we're going to be defined. That's the president of baseball operations, John Moselock, on our flagship station, KMOX, on Sunday with Mike Kelly, talking about potential one-year acquisitions. Of course, Manny Machado and Josh Donaldson, the most notable that have been in the media. Chris Raby and Mike Claiborne are with you. Ben Boyd, Zach Schmidt, Mike Anderson helping us out producing tonight. Kyle McClellan, our guest in studio. And guys, right there, you heard a couple guys that the Cardinals have been connected to, right or wrong, as far as media speculation goes. A third, Evan Longoria, 
who had been connected to the Cardinals almost via Alex Colomay on Tampa, gets traded to San Francisco. A little surprised by the return Tampa got. They got Christian Arroyo, along with taking on Denard Spann's contract. Claves, that's probably their top prospect and a middle infield prospect that they were so bullish on they brought up last year, and he was playing shortstop over Brandon Crawford for a spell. Yeah, but Crawford's their guy. And you have to think, San Francisco doesn't have much right now. They've got some players that are that are right on the cusp as far as being that real consistent veteran. I mean, you got a multiple MVP winner in Buster Posey. I think Brandon Crawford's as good of a shortstop as there is in the National League. That's, that might be the best left side of the infield yeah. defensively right now in baseball, aside from maybe whoever lines up next to Andrelton Simmons in Anaheim. The other thing, though, here's the X factor. The concussions that Brandon Belt has had is really, I think, a real question. The Both of them. And they're at crossroads right now. Now, Posey, you're paying a lot of money to. Belt's a pretty good player. But if, if you can get anything out of those two guys, I still think their outfield is going to be questionable as far as getting real consistent productivity aside from Hunter Pence. And you lose a real vet in Denard Span, yeah. who's headed back to Tampa. We're taking some texts at 314-436-7900. Kyle, let me ask you, Claves mentioned it before the break. Texts are asking, if you go into opening day right now with Jed Jericho at third, we'll say DeYoung's your shortstop, and a combination of Matt Carpenter and Jose Martinez at first base, are you comfortable with that? Uh, I think, like we were talking, with if you can find a way, whether it's Carpenter going to third base and, and not having Jed Jericho out there, if you can limit his at-bats to where he's able to stay fresh and to be a guy that can come off and, and really provide a lot of pop for him. I mean, look, he's hit around 30 home runs and drives in a lot of runs. Um, so he hasn't done a bad job. I, I just think Colton Wong, I think, has earned the way he played last year. I think he he needs he's at his best when he plays every day. If he can do that, DeYoung, I, I, it would be interesting to see how DeYoung comes out. Look, a lot of guys struggle in that second year. So for you to, to come in and say, and I love his swing, I love what he does offensively, but that second year is tough. They're ready for you. They're prepared for you. The scouting reports are there. And it's just a whole different mindset for these players, for these everyday guys. So how does he handle that coming off an offseason and in a full spring training? So I, I just think there's some question marks. I don't think the infield is set. I think it, if there is a way they can make a trade and, and beef that up at third base and have Jed Jericho that can float around a little bit, I think they, they might pull the trigger on that. You know, one of the things about DeYoung, and I agree that he's an X-Factor guy, he, he learned how to make adjustments late in the mm-hmm. season because he went through some slumps at certain points. But he always managed to stay around 280. Uh, he found a way to hustle a hit somewhere along the way. Uh, and His I defense got played better. Yeah. really good defense. His defense yeah. was good. It was really good for a guy who really wasn't a, a regular shortstop. So I think his his plus factor is moving in the right direction. But let's not forget, Lemus Diaz was an all-star the year before. That, that's true. And spent majority of the year in Memphis. So you've got to be careful on well, the second see, But here's the difference, though, between Diaz and... And and uh, DeYoung. DeYoung made the adjustments when they started mm-hmm. pitching him away. Diaz couldn't do it as consistently as he needed to. You try and bust him inside, and he's going to hurt you. Right. They start throwing him away, and he started still trying to pull that pitch, or he would miss it altogether. DeYoung fought it for a while, but I think he found enough confidence late in the year to say, okay, I'm learning how to adjust. You pitched. You knew there were certain guys who could get you. You had to make adjustments from time to time. And I think that's the biggest challenge for players in the big leagues. A, recognizing that an adjustment needs to be made. And B, 
enforcing the adjustment. You might say, oh, yeah, I got to keep my shoulder in. You can keep saying it, but when things go haywire, guess what? The shoulder flies open and you're back to square one. Well, when you start struggling, sometimes you just try to get back to basics. Mm-hmm. And, and But the hard thing is a lot of these guys, you know, like a Carlos Martinez, for instance, look, he, his stuff is so good. There's no way this guy's struggling in the minor leagues. I mean, he's throwing 100 miles an hour with a wipeout slider and a good changeup. As long as he can throw strikes, he's going to overpower everybody. So when they do struggle at the big league level, this might be the first time that they've had to deal with this adversity and mm-hmm. make that big adjustment. One, it's hard, and this is where your coaching staff comes in and your veteran players that come and say, hey, you know, you might want to think of it. Because it's hard to recognize that in the time. You're just trying to, man, you're just trying to get a hit. And you don't care how it happens, what happens. You're just trying to focus on getting a hit. And uh, and sometimes all that just snowballs. And let's not forget, he's playing the the centerpiece of that infield as well, I mean, at the big league level. So not only offensively, but defensively, he's playing a huge role on that infield. I want to run this by you, and I asked John Mosley like this question last week. Miles Michaelis is an interesting project where he went to the Far East to pitch to hone his skill. Was that a better – well, I guess it will be a better situation because he's got $10 million bucks to prove it, <laughs> that will you think we'll see more guys who have maxed out minor league-wise – go to Japan or Korea and pitch and try and refine their skill? And what are pitchers or pitching coaches doing there that this guy couldn't get done here in the States? And my final question is, will we see coaches from the Far East come over and be part of the coaching process? Those are interesting questions. Colby Lewis is really the first one with the Rangers that, that went over and then got a big league deal. A lot of times you would see that 25th, 26th guy on the roster that was gonna go, wasn't going to go, was going to make the team, was going to go back to the minor leagues, been in the minor leagues for a while. They could go sign a pretty good contract over there and, and pitch. And I'd say everybody that I know that's gone over there loves it. They yeah. absolutely love it. Their their families you love get it. Innings. They well, and they they are so good to the families. The yeah. travel's great. The the baseball they enjoy. Everybody I've talked to that's played over there has enjoyed it. So you do see a lot of those those four A guys that we'll mm-hmm. see mostly pitchers for right. the most part that will go over there and do that. Some of these guys are able to go over there and figure it out. And they're given the opportunity to figure it out over there and then come back and they're scouted and and they land these big deals. So I I think certainly Major League Baseball is going to keep an eye on that league, especially as people come back here and have success. I think that's the big key. If these guys come back and they kind of flutter and and they they don't turn out – what they thought, then you're gonna that league's gonna lose some of its value. In terms of the pitching coaches, I, I don't know I don't know. I, I think that's gonna be a tough one because I think it's so important to have somebody that has major league experience that has played in the big leagues or has been around the big leagues for a long time to be working with these players because it's a different game. Look, this is the the game that is played at the highest level. No other league Every compares day. to this. Yeah. And so I, I think it you you have to have guys that either came up in the system and maybe never made it talent-wise, but have always had that professional mindset, uh, I, I think it would be tough for a coach to come over here and, and, and step right into a major league team. Well, we'll talk pitching when we come back. Miles Michaelis on the way in. Luke Gregerson, Kyle, you've played with him. Mm-hmm. Also, text question, is a starter or closer more important? Cardinals have some flexibility, and maybe 
an out-of-the-box internal candidate. That's next. Looking for the perfect stocking stuffer for the Cardinals fan in your life? Surprise your loved ones with a Cardinals vacation to spring training. Come see Claves and Kyle. Packages available to fit everyone's schedule and budget. Make your reservations at cardinals.com slash vacations or call 1-800-892-7687. One more segment with Kyle next on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. Stuff those stockings at the 2018 Cardinals official calendar, spotlighting the signature artwork of the team. Photographers with a special salute to your favorite Cardinals birthdays. Pick up this must-have holiday gift at St. Louis area retailers or call 314-345-9000. The fifth caller right now, 314-531-1120, will win one Cardinals calendar. We've got about five minutes left with Kyle McClellan here in the first hour of our program. Guys, uh, texter asking, starter or closer, more important right now, You've acquired Gregerson. You've acquired Miles Michaelis. Kyle, in which area do you think could the Cardinals stand to benefit most from if they make another move? The rotation, it's still an area that there's some question marks. I mean, you have Waka, who got through last year. Is he able to do that again? You have Wainwright coming off some issues that he had. Uh, you have Alex Reyes, which I think is really smart that they're not going to start him until May. I think that makes a lot of sense because we have that conversation all the time. What happens when you get to September, you know, and you're trying to mm-hmm. give it, and they did it with Walker where they built in days off. I think they did a really good job last year with that. So I think the the rotation, when you look at it, I just don't feel like they have the depth at the minor league levels that they've had in the past few years. There was a couple camps where we were at, guys. They had 10 guys, legitimate guys, we competing about for five spots. Yeah. Yep. This year I just don't feel like they have that depth. And then uh, for, I, I think the closer situation, though, is, I mean, this is something that Mo said. They're going to go get a, a top guy, and I think that they're still going to be involved in that. Gregerson can do it, but I think they're going to be looking for a, a big name. Claves, they've got the assets to either trade for an Alex Colomay, make a run at Wade Davis. My question for you and, and both of you guys, if you're going to reverse engineer Alex Reyes, could he close some games for you early in the season? You know, closing has a whole different definition than what it used to be. But could this, he be this, your, your eighth inning setter? Could he, he could be, be a real yeah, I think weapon he could be in the bullpen? Out of the bullpen until maybe yes. the all-star break, yes. and then, depending on where you're at, you yeah. could turn him loose? You don't want to do that. You don't want to start a guy off as your closer coming off Tommy John and then all of a sudden say, hey, now we need you. Well, maybe it's you. this whole year. Well, if, if you're going to do it the whole year. But all of a sudden, if you're talking midseason, you're changing that. Now all of a sudden, you're wearing your bullpen out because he can only go two or three yeah. innings his first start, and then he can only go a few. So now you are just taxing the bullpen. And you don't want to do that to a young guy. You want to come in and say, this is your job, this is what you're doing, and do that. Well, and they said in May they may start him in the bullpen. I want to go back to something about taxing the bullpen. They've got to get more out of Michael Walker. Because the five inning, five and fly, just it'll eat a bullpen alive. But you're and seeing that all across the game. Yeah, that's true, and that's why you're seeing teams invest well, more in the bullpen. Middle relievers now. Yeah. are now getting paid more because they're more what, valuable. I'll tell you one thing that's, that's gone by the wayside. That specialist, hey, we got him right. so he can get out a left-hander. <laughs> well, you better figure out how to get out the guys behind him too. Uh, and and that's I think one of the quick changes we've seen in the game, where everybody in the bullpen now has got to give you at least two. Mm-hmm. Um, and or at I least think have it, the ability to do yeah, that. And I even yeah. think closers are going to be asked to do more down the stretch. Uh, this whole one inning, I can only pitch one inning, you're killing everybody else because that means I can only use you two days in a row. I can't use you three days in a row. So I, I'm looking at maybe doing some things different as far as how my bullpen is structured, which I'll run this question by. I know we're short on time. Is Michael Walker a guy that you would consider as a closer? 
great fastball, stupid, stupid changeup, and he can throw a curveball. We know that he's a guy that has been very successful twice through the order. Is he, I, is he I, a guy? I think I they're like, going to go get a. I think they're going to go get a top closer. And, and, and you know what? You've got the money now. With what you're saving on Stanton, I know it's not in the Cardinals' DNA. If you want to make a run these next two years, you could theoretically overpay away Davis. Yeah, absolutely. And look, here's the other wild card in this. You have a new pitching coach. And I played for Mike Maddox in Texas, and I can tell you that he's going to control that pitching staff. He likes to be in control and to run things. So it'll be a lot of fun. It's going to be an interesting yeah. way that that matches up. But it, it, it you could see a lot different approach to the way that the bullpen's used with having a, a well, whole new philosophy. This. Is he a guy that's going to challenge you to extend yourself, or does he put you put you in that comfort well, level? Well, I, I can't answer that because I was in the American League at that time, so it's okay. You didn't have to deal with the 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 pinch hitter. You know, you were just pitching until they wanted to take you out. <laughs> so it's a, it's a whole different game. It is. Yeah. I think you do like some of the assets you have. I think we're going to see some great competition, guys, uh, in our last minute here in spring training uh, because you've got some of the new additions. You could still have more, but then you have guys like Sam Tuivalala, Ryan Sheriff, guys that have had some success over the last few years. We thought Sheriff last year, Klebs, was good enough to break camp with the team, except that Miguel Sokolovich was out of options. You didn't want right. to lose him, and Sheriff was great when he came up. And you talk about a guy who's – to use a cliche, not scared, and a guy who went multiple innings a couple of times down the stretch in a playoff race when you needed to save bullets and guys were unavailable, he was really good. I think the competition in the bullpen is going to be as good as we talked about with the starters a few years ago. We had all those starters down there. There's going to be a good guy without a chair when the music stops, when they make selections on who's going to be on this ball club. But that's what makes a good team. Yeah. When you have competition in spring training and you have quality, good major league players that are fighting and scrambling to get a spot on the team, that's when you know you have a good when you have a good squad. And you want to have that in the infield. You want to have that in the outfield. You want to have that in the rotation and the bullpen. Uh, chances are you're not going to have it at all of those. But that's what you want. As Tony Larusa was great at that is creating that competition inside spring training you saw me throwing at the wiffle ball tournament clibs and i are getting loose for I fantasy camp i can't wait to see Cl- uh, <laughs> that'll have to be a special edition of the program we may even have fantasy the video <laughs> chris's debut man, man I, 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 I tell you what i say it all the time st louis cardinals fantasy camp is the highlight of my year i can't wait to I get down there yeah. and and see the guys joe pfeiffer and his staff do such a great job I, i'm i'm excited you get to experience it Raby, for the first time and uh just please 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 don't embarrass yourself <laughs> or don't tell anybody that we work together because i don't want to be i don't want to be so don't be palling with you after after the games kyle no. merry christmas <laughs> you too buddy we're back for hour two next in the cardinals radio network a swing and a long drive left center field way back to the track to the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show is presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Bringing a ground ball off the pitcher's glove to the second baseman. Got him! A complete game, 5 nothing shutout for Adam Wainwright. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Stuff their stockings with Cardinals 5, 6, and 10-game ticket packs. Packs feature the top promotions of 2018, and they're on sale now, starting at just 48 bucks. Choose from the opening day pack, Cubs pack, bobblehead pack, T-shirt pack, and more. For more info, cardinals.com slash holiday. 
Joe Strom will be with us coming up in our next segment to talk about the ticket packs. Along with Mike Claiborne, Chris Rady on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Ben Boyd is our executive producer. Klebs, we're going to talk to Cardinals manager Mike Matheny coming up in a moment. want to talk a little bit about Stephen Piscotty, though. Didn't get a whole lot of conversation about him last week because the deal was not finalized. He'll join us this hour. Piscotty heading back home to Oakland in exchange for a couple of prospects. And, you know, I think that... As much as it's kind of a feel-good story, the two teams being able to come together on a deal with what's going on with Steven's family and his personal life, this is a baseball deal, too. And Piscotty on the outside looking in, perhaps, of the Cardinals outfield after the Ozuna deal and even with the Stanton rumblings. And he's someone that Oakland has pursued and coveted as a right-handed outfielder for quite some time. Well, one of the reasons why Dan Kantrovich was quite familiar with him, Dan was running the uh, scouting department at the time when Piscotty was available uh, but I, I think you touched on something that I think we all have to come back and realize. This was a baseball deal. This was not uh, to accommodate a it family. It was a charity, yeah. And, you know, I know that the issue was, well, you know, he'd been struggling since the family issue came. Well, no, he wasn't. He he was struggling from June of 2016. He never hit over 250 in any given month. But you wish him nothing but the best because one of the things about Stephen, he always gave as much effort. He You know, he didn't quit. And I think he got down on himself a little too much, and I think that really hurt him uh, as he was trying to make adjustments. But he's a good player. He'll do a good job in Oakland for sure. Important for the Cardinals, too, as they get a couple of nice prospect pieces, at least at first glance back, to be able to continue to restock and replenish the organization and the pipeline, especially if they're going to be moving some guys, whether it's the rest of this offseason, at the deadline, maybe next year, to acquire talent for the big league club and maybe some big-time talent. One of the reasons why the Cardinals were as active as they were in the winter meetings, and I anticipate them continuing to be active in the winter, is because they have assets. And they have to, as you mentioned, replenish the assets that they have to either use for another deal or just keep your farm system competitive. You know, they were going to have a logjam at some point because of all the guys that were in the organization that were almost big league ready. These guys may not necessarily be big league ready, but they're certainly going to be helpful to the development of whatever teams they play for. So I like the deal. Um, We don't know whether they can play or not, but I I don't think the Cardinals just take guys just for the sake of taking a guy. So I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, we saw a move earlier today that we talked about in hour one, Evan Longoria, headed from Tampa to San Francisco. And, you know, I think a lot of people thought maybe it would be a salary dump, Denard Spann going back to Tampa. But San Francisco gave up a heck of a prospect, one of their top prospects. The only one they have. To be honest with you, Chris. And that's the cost of doing business these days, right? Yeah, you're right. And I think that... The longer you wait, you've got to make a decision. Does the price go down or does it go up? And I think because you have some teams that realize they got to make a decision, or are we going to compete or are we going to rebuild, I think the Giants feel like they can compete. And when you look at their order, if Longoria can give them what you expect with Crawford and Buster Posey and Brandon Belt, they're good defensively. They're now. a pretty good team, yeah. especially on the infield. And their outfield is going to be a little suspect, but overall, I think they look at their situation and saying, if we stay close, we might be a wild card team. It'll be an even year. The question well. is this: Do they have enough pitching? And you're right about the wild, the even year thing, because when they're bad, they're really bad in the yeah. odd years. All right, more with manager Mike Matheny. Now we talk the advanced numbers movement, his new coaching staff, and more. Well, you know, Mike Shannon read Brian Kenny's book twice now. 
uh, his kind of intro to analytics. So if you hear Mike throwing out, uh, well, you know, Wayno's had some bad luck. His ex-fip is actually this. Or if you lose a close game with some bad luck and he says, well, Pythag actually says that they should be four wins better. Don't uh, don't it. think you're dreaming. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know if maybe OPS. I don't know if it get that far. <laughs> but 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 with that said, you you talk about the information and every year when you and I talk, there's new information, new standards that people go by. How are you able to try and disseminate a the information and also know when and how to apply the pertinent things? Because there's there's enough to fill up a dugout with. Yeah, and I think sometimes. People get overloaded by it, managers, coaches, and certainly players. So how do you draw that line and say, okay, these are the things that are really pertinent? You know, uh, I I use um, what stands out to me, um, but not nearly as much as what stands out to the staff. Mm -hmm. And so I use the staff, uh, and we've already had uh, two different meetings where we've brought everybody in since the season ended, and we sit around and we talk about it. We'll put together a PowerPoint presentation with some of the things. Here's some of the numbers. Here's kind of what the league's doing. Here's where we line up with everybody else, and, and here's a spot that we think we can improve on. And, you know, the guys upstairs do a great job. I mean, it is amazing the brilliant people we have hiding behind the doors upstairs that uh, care about this team as much as we as a uh, coaching staff does. And so I think it's working hand-in-hand hand to, to find out, uh, yes, help us where we are now, but, but also give us some stuff that's going to challenge us that, and think outside the box and then give us an opportunity as a coaching staff to sit down with, with you, analytic group, and tell you where and try and shoot our holes and you tell us where we're wrong and I think that's kind of been the evolution I believe in baseball you're seeing more you were talking about younger guys and I think because they're a little more in tune with with the analytics they understand how they apply I remember listening um, this postseason to Carlos Beltran talk about how some of the things just clicked for him at at, in Houston that you know some of that information that's been there for a while it's not new Mm -hmm. um, but it was presented in a way that he applied it differently. And, you know, those sort of things are, are huge little nuggets. Okay, what did we miss here and what players want this? What players are open to it? What can we give each guy to give them a chance to maximize their ability? And I think it's all it all comes, once again, down to communication, comes down to people skills. And I think the same thing happens for us uh, as a coaching staff to make sure that we're not hemmed in with what we see as old school. This is a right. staple. It's Only a standard. Way it can be done. Yeah. It, we, we can figure out a way to, to do things just a little different and improve my final question for you uh you mentioned the staff a couple times some new faces familiar faces to you for sure um how's that working so far and and what are you looking for out of them yeah i'd say first of all um you you bring willie mcgee and and uh, you you get you just got better were you surprised when he wanted to come back and Get yeah, the big leagues. You know, I threw it out there. I've, I've thrown it out to him uh-huh. a number of times. Is how how much more can you do? How much more can you do? Mo said when you called him, he, he couldn't believe it at first. Yeah, and um, I, so I was kind of surprised when I mentioned it to Willie. And you know, I think that's kind of the natural transition. And have so I have so much respect for for guys that understand that their priority right now should be at home. And it's not time yet. I, having those conversations kind of with a Chris Carpenter, right, talented guy, 
not not just as a pitcher, but but as a, as a coach and as a teacher and as a mentor. Um, but he has young kids still back home on the East Coast, and it's not time. But tell us what you can, because I want you to keep your foot in the door. Willie has done a tremendous job of that. I think he has almost changed the model of what it looks like to be a former player coach in the system, the humility that he brings, the wisdom, uh, and, and the way that he approaches these young players. They love him. And so the fact that we have him with us now, I, I couldn't be any more excited. And as much as people – love Willie and St. Louis. I don't think they know half of it. This guy is just off the charts, and uh, our, our guys are going to be better. Our team will be better. I will be better. And then, obviously, there's no secrets with Jose Okendo. He's one of the best third-base coaches I've ever been around, one of the best infield instructors I've ever seen. So uh, having him back and being able to be a part of what we're doing again, I think, is, is a, just a great addition. Uh, Mike Schilt hitting the, hitting the bench with me. Um, you know, I'm going to miss David Bell just on a friendship level and uh, talk about one of the great baseball families, a third-generation big leaguer. Uh, David is going to be an impact for the Giants through their minor league system. I still see him possibly managing someday. Just a, He's a very strong asset for me, but Mike Schilt is a, is a talent, um, loves the game, loves um, that next level, loves uh, loves this team and this organization maybe as much as anybody I've ever seen. A uh, very untraditional route that he's taken to get to the point that he is right now and excited to kind of watch him and help him uh, take that next step and help us win. So I, I think it's a, it's a great staff to add with, with uh, Mike Maddox, um, longstanding did name you play in this game. You I did, yeah. Yeah, just a smart pitcher, and I've really enjoyed kind of listening to him and how he's going about his business and planning on how he's going to uh, – help our team and many of these young pitchers take their game to another level. Well, Mike, we appreciate it. It's great to see you and looking forward to winter warm-up next month in St. Louis and then getting down to Florida. Thanks for the time. All right, guys, take care. We're back. Joe Strom talks ticket packs next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne, now joined by Joe Strome, Vice President of Ticket Sales for the Cardinals. Joe, happy holidays. How are you? Well, Merry Christmas to everyone. I'm doing extremely well. We're happy to be with you tonight. Ticket packs are on sale now. So many options for people, depending on what games you want to go to, the giveaways, some of the all-inclusive tickets. Uh, tell us how you've seen these packs expand in popularity and availability over the last few years. Well, we are seeing a lot of ticket packs moving, especially as we get closer here to Christmas. And uh, it, it is uh, popular. It's really the people's first opportunity to purchase Cardinal tickets, and it's a great gift to give someone. And it's a very simple uh, way to purchase tickets and to purchase a gift as we get here closer to Christmas. It's not too late to purchase a pack. Uh, you can go online, cardinals.com, purchase your pack. Uh, print off a certificate, and you can give it to whoever the lucky recipient uh, is, and then you'll receive the tickets uh, in the next two weeks. So um, an easy way to buy a Christmas present, and there's multiple packs to choose from. Joe, what, what's changed about the, the package programs and the, the promotions where there was a time when you would have these events? Uh, it was basically to draw people to come to teams that didn't draw very well. But now you look at it, you've got the Cubs on the schedule. You've got weekend games against good teams. What changed? Well, I think a lot of it is, is, is what the, how the public wants to purchase items. And the other thing they want to do is purchase early. Uh, we are also busy now. And so if you purchase packs now, you can go ahead and put those dates on your schedule for the upcoming year so you don't have conflicts. 
The other thing I think people are looking for, too, is savings. Uh, when you purchase a pack, uh, you'll definitely save money over purchasing tickets individually throughout the year. And then the third thing that you mentioned was the promotional items that are part of the packs. Uh, one of the things that we've done in recent years is not only add to the number of games that we give away items. This year it's going to be north of 50 dates where a promotional item will be given away, but also the quality and quantity of items has increased, too. Over 30,000 fans received the items on the night of the game, but the quality of these items is, is quite amazing. And quite frankly, I think fans enjoy receiving these nice items. So we've tied it into packs, and people seem to like that. And when I sit here and think of it, like the bobblehead pack, where you have five weekend dates, and all of them will be one of the bobbleheads. And, and we have some fun bobbleheads this year, and I think it's one that uh, people like having the packages. Yeah, you've got the promotional items. You have the 10-game opening day pack. That's probably the most popular, isn't it, Joe? Because you get opening day, you get some of the promos, you get a Cubs game, you get the final game of the season. You're exactly right. You get opening day, you get the final game of the season, six weekend dates, including a Saturday night game against the Cubs, Outstanding uh, promotional items included in there, including the uh, 2013 Mystery Ring, Cowboy Ad, other promotional items. So it's it's great opponents, great days of the week, and great items. And I think that's what people like about it. Uh, But you're exactly right. The opening day pack is the most popular pack. How about some of the all-inclusive packs, Joe? And I think people might be surprised at just how affordable these tickets can be. You're exactly right. All-inclusive tickets are on sale, and this is what I tell people. A lot of people, if you've never experienced an all-inclusive uh, area at Bush Stadium, this is the year to do it. And we have different areas throughout the ballpark, and it's it, it's not expensive to go to these areas. I mean, it starts at $55, includes your food, includes your beverages, and it's not just ballpark fare that's in, in these areas. A lot of, it, yes, we do have hot dogs. Yes, we do have bratwurst. We do have nachos. But we have upscale food like pasta stations. We have carving stations. Many of the areas have open bars, and many of the areas also have a climate-controlled social area. So in the hot summer months, you can go into the air conditioning. In the cool months early in the year, you can go into a heated area. It's the way to enjoy Cardinal baseball. It's like uh, going to a nice restaurant but also getting to watch a Cardinal game. So this is the year you should experience all-inclusive tickets, and those are on sale right now for – uh, 80 of the 81 games. You know, Joe, one of the things that we've seen with the Cardinals here recently, there's something for everyone's budget where when you look at how things are spread out throughout the course of the season, what do you predict being the hot item in 2018? My favorite giveaway I think is going to be a lot of fun is the Carlos Martinez mystery bobblehead, and that's the one where you're not going to know which color of hair that Carlos has until you open your bobblehead. So it could be teal, it could be purple, it could be blonde. That's going to be my favorite bobblehead of the year. I love it. Cardinals.com slash holiday is where you go for all of the packs. Cardinals.com slash holiday. Joe, uh, a final question for you. Uh, How many out-of-town folks do you see taking advantage of these packs and maybe being able to come in uh, for a weekend game with one of the five-game packs? We're seeing a lot of out-of-town folks take advantage of it because all of the five-game packs this year include weekend games. And so it makes it very easy for people in the outer market to be able to utilize all of the games. And we did that on purpose so that it's either a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday that part of the packs. So 
some of the packs are tied into the days of the week. You have a Friday pack, a Sunday pack, and and so we've tried to make it even easier for the people in the outer market. So there'll be a large number of people purchasing these packs from, from the outer market. Again, cardinals.com slash holiday. That is the website, cardinals.com slash holiday. Go get your ticket packs right now. Joe Strom, the VP of Ticket Sales. Hey, we appreciate you joining the show, man. Thanks so much. Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you, and thanks for your time. Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up will be held Saturday, January 13th through Monday, January 15th. Give the gift of Cardinals baseball this holiday season with winter warm-up admission tickets and autograph tickets. Available at cardinals.com slash WWU. We're back in a moment. Stephen Piscotti headed back home to the Bay Area, and he joins us next on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Looking for the perfect gift for the Cardinals fan on your shopping list? Start a subscription to Cardinals Magazine and receive two free tickets to a 2018 home game, all for just 35 bucks. Order now at 314-345-9000 or visit cardinals.com slash magazine. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Of course, last week, Cardinals making a couple of moves, including the trade of outfielder Stephen Piscotti back home to the Oakland Athletics and the Bay Area for a couple of prospects. Stephen joins us on the program now. Stephen, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing very well. I know uh, just a crazy last week for you, I'm yeah. sure. I know that the dust has, has finally settled. You're headed to the Oakland days. Uh, tell me first, a little bittersweet to obviously be traded and be leaving the organization that you just signed an extension with, but with all things considered, a chance to get close to home and get back to the Bay Area? Yeah, I mean, that about about sums it up it's uh definitely bittersweet you know i loved uh, the cardinals and, um have so many good memories and um, relationship there relationships there that's gonna be kind of tough to to not show up there in, in the spring but um you know it's it's part of the part of the deal but um you know on the, on the flip side of that i get to come home and i get to play for the team i watched since i was a, basically an infant so um you know it's it's definitely bittersweet. That's just the best way to describe it. But um, you know, my family's pumped. We're all we're all excited. And, um, you know, I, th- I think it works out for the best. And, um, just gonna try to embrace it and, uh, and have some fun. Yeah. How is the family? How's your mom doing? She's doing well. Um, and we were talking just before we we were uh, we hopped on as uh, we're going to Hawaii and on a family cruise uh, tomorrow and um, got the whole whole family going. We're gonna have a great time and just relax and. Um, enjoy some good food and, and good weather, and um, we're really looking forward to that. So that'll be fun. But she's she's doing well and um, in good spirits. I'm obviously uh, happy to hear that I'm I'm coming home, and uh, it's uh, it's just all good. What's that moment like when you find out that the deal is done, that you're going to be home? Um, and obviously, it's the off season right now. But what's that moment like for you and your family? Because it's stressful, and it's a business, yeah. and and it's part of the business, but you can't help but, um, you know, I think if you're a fan or media or whoever covering this thing, think about the personal side of it and, and the emotional side of it. Yeah. I think going through it, you know, at the, it's a little overwhelming as far as, um, you know, people reaching out and having to get physical and doing all that sort of thing. I was a little bit <laughs> overwhelmed for a second there, but um, kind of when the dust settled, I was able to, to relax and think about you know, how cool of an opportunity it was, but um, you know, it was, it was one of those things where I was just getting alerts from from my agent and people seeing things on on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, it was it was kind of telegraphed, kind of saw it coming, and um, it was 
it was a weird feeling though when it when it really officially hit and then it was done. Um, it was like, all right, it's kind of an end of an era, so to speak. Um, yeah, I've been with Cardinals since 2012, and that's all I really know as a professional. But uh, you know, it's it's uh, I think it's all for the best. Yeah, and, and that was my question because there were some rumblings during the season and you know around the deadline especially. And Billy Bean, I know, told the San Jose Mercury News that like. Personal stuff aside, they targeted you as a ball player because they had a need for right. a right-handed hitting outfielder. And um, he said that he didn't even inquire about the personal stuff out, out of respect with the Cardinals. So right. they, they had wanted you and had been looking at you for quite some time. So are you looking at social media? Are your buddies texting you when something comes across Twitter? Are you waiting to hear from your agent? Are you just sitting back what is it like to go through that and to see things kind of unfold publicly because not a lot of us yeah. ever have to deal with that from a job standpoint right um you know everyone was kind of weighing in as far as my buddies and, and uh close family and um kind of rooting for it to, to go through and like i said I, i'm not on um, twitter but i was getting some updates from people taking screenshots of things and um you know seeing seeing what people were saying um, you know, it was it was definitely weird. You know, I hear my job and everything is, is such in the public uh, eye, and um, everyone has their opinions on things. So it's was, it was kind of interesting that way. But it it does feel really good to go to a team um, that really just just wanted me, um, and that that's a really really good feeling to know that um, you know they they liked how I've I've gone about my business and they wanted me to be a part of that that club. So that's that's a really good feeling. I didn't feel like I was dealt. Um, you know, so, not like solely for the for the personal reasons. You know, they they really really wanted me, and um, that's a, that's a really good feeling. And then obviously to be close to home is just kind of a cherry on top. We were on the Cardinal caravan a few years ago, and it was right mm-hmm. after the Cardinals acquired Hayward. And the question for you was like, when are we going to see you in the big leagues? When are we going to see you in the big leagues? You come up that summer, you explode on the scene, you put together a remarkable second half. Um, this spring or beginning of this year, sign the extension. Did you did you ever think when you were going through that that there was a scenario where you wouldn't remain with the Cardinals? Is this kind of shocking to you? I know everything happens for a reason, but um, just as you look at the timeline, does anything surprise you about it? Um, you know, it was it was interesting, and I think you know, the way this offseason really um, revolved around the Stanton deal, um, I thought was pretty interesting. Obviously, the Cardinals are right there in the mix, and um, obviously knew if if he were to to land on the Cardinals that. Um, you know, that, that probably was going to be the end. Uh, was that kind of awkward my... to watch to watch that unfold? No, I mean he's a MVP caliber uh, player. Any team would want him. So it, I don't know that it was awkward. It's just um, something that's out of your control. I yeah. wasn't resentful of, by any means that they were going after him. I, I totally get it. If I was a GM, I'd be doing the same thing. But um, when it didn't go through, I figured, okay, looks like I'll I'll be I'll be back, um, and then. The Ozuna stuff kind of um, popped up late and wasn't really expecting that. And then when I saw it was confirmed, then, then the familiar thoughts of, of what was going on with, before with Stan kind of resurfaced. And, and then sure enough, I got the text from my agent that something was getting close to being done, and, and then it did. So how will you remember your, your time in St. Louis? I mean, I, for one, one memory that stands out for me is – uh, sitting at Wrigley Field in 2015 watching the playoffs and that building literally shaking with every pitch. And it's game mm-hmm. four. You guys are backs against the wall. It didn't work out, but that incredible first inning and uh, mm-hmm. your home run and just 
that series and and that run that kind of culminated your first few months. What do you think about mm-hmm. that, or have you even had a chance to reflect on your time and and some of the incredible things you've already accomplished in the big leagues? Right. Um, I mean, I, I have some incredible memories, and you kind of hit the nail on the head that the playoffs in 2015 was probably one of the, the most um, impactful and, and kind of poignant memories I'll, I'll ever have um, of, of playing this game. That was that was a special time. Um, obviously, getting called up, you know, a few months before was was a huge deal. But playing in, in the playoffs and, and um, being in that environment is is something that just um, it's hard to put into words, and it, it gives me chills. And I'm really gonna cherish those memories, and I hope that I can kind of recreate some here, you know, in Oakland with with a new club. So, um, you know, as far as memories, that's that's right there at the top. And then uh, 2016 was was a great year, and um, had some success. And 2017 was was a bit of a roller coaster, but you know, I think uh, I, you know I'll learn from that those experiences and, and tap into them as I go forward, and hopefully it'll. You know, help me with uh, the rest of my career. Yeah, and we go from that game four to them being in that damn tiny clubhouse trying to think of reasonable questions as the media to ask you guys minutes after you're eliminated from the postseason mm-hmm. when uh, when you can hear people partying outside. But what a few months that was, just baptism by fire for you and for a lot of guys to get up. And uh, you experienced a lot in just a couple of months here in St. Louis, man. Yeah, I, re- I really did. Um there's a lot of boxes I got checked in, in a short amount of time. Um, really, really grateful for for that opportunity. Um, some I'm really going to miss. That's that's definitely one of the hard things is, um, you know, being traded and uh, being away from that place. Um, so it's going to be time to start over and, and and you know make some new memories. But um, you know, all all those things are going to be positive things that I'll always remember and be able to to look back on. And, and uh, that would be pretty cool. So you were an A's fan growing up? Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> How cool is that? Uh, wow. It's, uh, it's so um, pretty dang cool. I've got pictures of me when I'm just a little one decked out in A's gear. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, that's, I think I said it um, on a conference call the other day. It's just a you know, dream come true to, to make it to the major leagues, and obviously that's going to be my – um, one of my ultimate dreams, and I accomplished that with the Cardinals. But um, this is definitely another dream: is to get to play for your hometown team with with everyone uh, in the area around, and get to come to games. So it's going to be, it's just going to be incredible. Yeah, a lot of ticket requests, uh, I'm sure. Yeah. But you know, Dan Kantrovitz, after scouting you and and bringing you to the Cardinals, the work that he's doing with Billy Bean now in Oakland, they put together some pretty incredible young talent. And again, it it must be a good feeling to know that you'd been a target of theirs for quite some time. And I know that with Lowry, you guys are balancing out the Stanford-Cal thing in, in the club. Yeah, now. yeah, we got some uh, Stanford-Cal guys, Simeon and Aldo um, from the the uh, old Cardinals bench coach. So um, this can be really fun. Um, I think from out here, and, um, just watching and observing, you know, a few times here and there on TV, it looks like a fun group. Well, Stephen, we appreciate it, man. Uh, it's great to hear from you, and I know fans are, you know, bummed out to be losing you, but looking forward to rooting you on in your next chapter with Oakland, especially since it's in the American League and you won't be killing us with uh, you know, San Francisco <laughs> or an NL club. And, and let the record show that Stephen had been very adamant that he wanted to do this interview poolside uh, on his cruise the next couple of days, but I said, no, no, I'm a team player. Let's get it wrapped yeah. up before you leave.
Exactly. Hey, yes. have a blast, man. Give all our best to the family, and uh, I can't wait to see you in green next year. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Chris. Stuff those stockings with the 2018 Cardinals official calendar, spotlighting the signature artwork of the team photographers with a special salute to your favorite Cardinals birthdays. Pick up this must-have holiday gift at St. Louis area retailers or call 314-345-9000. Plus, the fifth caller right now at 314-531-1120 will win one Cardinals calendar. Thank you to Stephen Piscotti. We're back. Keith Costas joins us next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amarant on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Looking for the perfect stocking stuffer for the Cardinals fan in your life? Surprise your loved ones with a Cardinals vacation to spring training. Packages available to fit everyone's schedule and budget. Make your reservations at cardinals.com slash vacations or call 1-800-892-7687. With Mike Claiborne, I'm Chris Raby. Ben Boyd is our executive producer on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Last week, had the chance to visit with Bob Costas and his son Keith. We turn it over to Mike Claiborne. Now for more with Keith. Well, we got a chance to talk with Keith Costas, uh, part of the the great law firm and broadcasting company of Costas and Costas. Junior partner. Yeah, junior partner, uh, son of a Hall of Famer. Uh, Sounds good. Frick Award. I know. Now, will we have to now? Do we have to now call him Hall of Famer Bob Costas, or do you have to call him Hall of Famer Dad? Now, how's that going to work? I can guarantee you, I'm not going to be calling him Hall of Famer Dad or Hall of Famer Bob Costas. I'm He's still going to be calling him Dad. Dad. There you go. That's what <laughs> I want to hear. Hard time. Exactly. Maybe you, the next time you see him, and call him once or twice, and then go I back may, to the old way. I may ask to see the ring. I'm not going to kiss it, but I'm going to say, all right, I'm going to call you Hall of Famer once, just to be on record. Hey, I wanted to talk to you because what you do. You've been involved with the MLB Network, and you're having a lot of fun with that. Uh, following in your dad's footsteps somewhat, uh, but being behind the camera, that it's got to be a lot of fun for you. Take me through your day as far as what you do now with the MLB Network. Well, I have a much different job in-season and off-season. A lot of guys I work with are in the studio 24-7, 365. That's what they do. But during the season, I work on our game crew. So travel around. We do one game every week, sometimes two covering games for a national audience. So my job in the season is to kind of make sure that everyone from our broadcasters to our producers to our graphics people, our tape people, everybody knows what they're talking about with the teams. Kind of like I always equate it to almost like an editor at a newspaper. I'm kind of in charge of maintaining the integrity of the content. So I need to be up on all the teams and be making sure everyone's pointing in the right directions, following the right stories, and that we're covering the games the right way. And that's that's an undertaking. I mean, you, you have to be on your game because... The MLB Network has now become the voice of baseball. Um, you know, you've got the morning show that you're part of, and throughout the day, this is where people come to get that information. Yeah, and especially for a national audience, it's kind of a fine line because you've got the hardcore fans watching MLB Network. They know what's on. You know, they know what's going on with these teams. They know what's going on with the players. But at the same time, they're not watching, say, the Cardinals 162 times a year like people are in St. Louis. So you've got to find that middle ground of how do we tell the story without telling people 2 plus 2 is 4, <laughs> give them what they want to know, but not tell them what they already know. And that's a fine line. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, you don't want to insult them. Right. But you also have to remind people that this game has changed with regard to statistics, the, the sabermetrics, the analytics have certainly come into play more. And just the way the game is played and the way it's taught, where you don't want to insult people, but you want to give them a new look in how the game works. Right. And that's, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up, because you can give them too much, for sure. Mm-hmm. And we have different shows, different platforms. You know, we have certain shows that are heavy, Well, I heavy only watch the one show in the morning when she comes on, and then after that, I'm done for a day. <laughs> I know what brings you <laughs> in, Clay. Maybe some other people, too. Well, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. 
but yeah, we've got different shows that have kind of different approaches. So we've got shows that are heavy on the analytics, and they're going to drive that home all day. We've got other shows that are more kind of your old school baseball type scouty shows, player shows, that kind of thing. Many of them that kind of meet in the middle. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there, and a lot of it's really useful. But it's TV, you know. You got yeah. everyone says you work in radio. You know, the difference between radio and TV is the good looks. Well, <laughs> I'll leave that to you to decide. But, you know, the conversation you can have in 10 minutes on the radio, you got to mm-hmm. get it out in 20 seconds on TV. So if you can't explain these, you know, new concepts in a concise way, sometimes you're chasing your tail, even as interesting or relevant as it might be. For you and, and certainly some of the new things that are coming on board, what do you see and what do you suggest to our listeners, your viewers, things that they might want to pay more attention to as far as its impact on the game and how we assess games, teams, and players? Well, I think if, you, if you're if you into the sabermetrics and you want to get a start at the sabermetrics, I like a lot of the kind of the basic starting point stats, like, you know, OPS plus or something like that, which is just all that is is OPS, and it factors in the park factors and the league average. Mm-hmm. And it lets you make it easier to compare Ted Williams to Albert Pujols. And what was it like? run scoring environment then and run scoring environment now so that's a good jumping off point for a specific stat but we had buck showalter on today and he put it this way he said if you have a gut instinct and you go to the stats and it backs you up that's a good thing that's how Mm -hmm. you make good decisions if your gut comes from the stats good luck well as tony used to say trust your gut and not your butt i mean because it's something that you got to have a feel for it and if you don't embrace it either side if you don't embrace it, but you're going to do it anyway, then you're going to have a problem somewhere yeah. down Yeah, and road. another thing Buck said is he said when he talks to his analytics people, and Buck is as open-minded and forward-thinking as he anybody, is that. while also being an old-school guy. But he talk, you know, he goes to his analytics people, and he says, you know, stat X, you know, this is great, but what doesn't it tell you? Maybe it tells you this, and it can inform you on a certain decision, but if you don't know where the blind spots of these numbers are, yep, you're going to have blind spots all over in your mind, too, so... All right, before we get out of here, you have a chance to work with your dad in the summer doing the yep. games. That's a blast yep. as well. It's amazing. I mean, I've been going to games with him my whole life. I know. And you know these ballparks better than most people do, <laughs> at least the booths for sure. Showing up at, uh, at Bush Stadium when I was a little kid, you know, I definitely went and sat all over the park. Sometimes yep. in good seats, sometimes with my mom at Schnooks. Want to go to the game tonight, sit up top, <laughs> take my shirt off in the upper deck in the middle of the summer, <laughs> a little kid. But a lot of times it's just me and my dad. You want to go to the game tonight? Yeah, me and him would just go down, go in the press entrance, sit up in the KMOX booth, see you, see Jack, see whoever. So I've kind of been blessed to be around it and now to do it in an official capacity and kind of help my dad and help him do his job and work together. It's been awesome, especially on a day like this. You've earned your stripes, too. I want to make people understand that your last name is Costas, but you hold your own with anybody in this industry, and you should be proud of that as well. And that's that's something good for you, sir. Appreciate it, Clayton. Thanks, guys. Back to wrap things up in a moment on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. The six-game T-shirt pack is new for 2018 and features great matchups against the Royals, Nationals, Dodgers, and more. All games part of the new T-shirt of the month promotional giveaway. Get yours at cardinals.com slash holiday, and we'll give one away. A great gift to the fifth caller at 314-531-1120. That's going to do it for us on this week's edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Thank you to Mike Claiborne, my co-host. Also, Kyle McClellan for joining us in studio. Manager Mike Matheny. 
Mancini, Stephen Piscotti, Keith Costas, and Joe Strom. Our great producers, Ben Boyd, our executive producer, also Zach Schmidt and Mike Anderson, helping us out tonight. I'm Chris Raby. As we wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas, special holiday edition of the program next week. Until then, this has been another edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you next week right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.